I just think it's they all have different purposes, which yeah. is also a very interesting thing that they're all marketed as sports drinks and hydration products, but they all have different focuses. Hello and welcome to the Eat More Carbs podcast. I'm sports dietitian Riley Beatty, and I'm here with fellow dietitian and my nutrition BFF, Jenna Fisher. If you're new to the podcast, we chat about sports nutrition topics, we do a lot of myth busting, and we debunk common trends. We'll tell you what's worth purchasing, what's maybe worth avoiding. We also chat with other sports dietitians, and we answer your questions, and we're here every Tuesday. Jenna, what else do we do? Interview athletes that have had success working with you, and also talk a little bit about our experiences as dietetic interns and how we became friends, some of the fun background stuff. Yeah, the good stuff. The really, really good stuff. On today's episode, we are going to be chatting a little bit about sports drinks. I have been getting so many questions about sports drinks, and I actually just did like a blog post that kind of blew up, at least for like Riley Beatty Sports Nutrition over here. So I thought we could like chat about sports drinks, talk about like what you should be looking for in your sports drinks. Maybe we can like rank some. Mm. What do you think? Love that idea. Let's get into it. What's your favorite sports drink? Wow, I didn't know you're going to hit me with such a hard question, but I'm going to say the strawberry liquid IV. Oh, like strawberry That's lemonade or is it like just, no, just, just strawberry? The, just the strawberry one. That's my favorite flavor. That or the original like lemon lime Gatorade, because like there's so much nostalgia in that for me. Those so are my top two. <laughs> much nostalgia. I I might be dating myself, and I know that you're a little bit younger than me, but I was pl- an athlete like when Gatorade like started. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember like we would scoop like mounds of the powder into yep. like jugs on the side of the field, mm-hmm. and it was either so good or it was so bad because there was not even like there was not enough or there was too much or just sometimes it would be perfect but like lemon lime was like the og flavor yep yep i remember growing up so my dad is big into cycling and he would go on these long 100 mile bike ride type of things like when i was younger he still does now so good for him but when we were growing up he'd have those like orange canisters of the gatorade powder in our like pantry at all times and because when i was young i was like oh this is like delicious sugary drink type of thing we would always try to make some And it never turned out good. So I know that watered down, like not good (laughs) flavor you're talking about for sure. Yep. And I also remember too, like I would get a big, like they used to have Gatorade jugs that you could bring to practice. And sometimes like you would just add on additional water and you would like almost use it throughout the week, which like now as like a sports, like as somebody who's like in science and like the bacteria growth in there, like there was something (laughs) going on. Food safety. I always like to talk about like anytime I'm talking about like a nutrition topic, and I know we've talked about this a ton, but like understanding the why. So like before we jump into like ranking, I thought we should talk about like why do you choose a sports drink and like what are the components of a sports drink? Well, one, I think the biggest thing like you've talked about, like the components we're looking for in a sports drink, which we've talked about on one of our previous podcasts, we're looking for fluid, carbohydrate, and then electrolytes. Can you explain a little bit more about like fluid needs when you're practicing? Like maybe if you're starting at a specific weight, like should you weigh yourself before practice and then like realize how much maybe you should be drinking after a practice? If you like weigh yourself post-practice, is that something you recommend? Yeah. So I think fluid needs are so individualized. When we look at like sports nutrition recommendations, like yes, things are so individualized, but I mean, there is like 
certain places, I guess you you can start, but that's the same thing with hydration. So usually for like female athletes, again, every wherever you look, there's going to be like different recommendations. So if you mm-hmm. look at certain position papers, you look at certain research, everything's going to be a little bit different. So I always like to use like practical and simple information. So female athletes, probably about three liters of water per day. So my hydro flask right here is about 20 ounces and one liter is about 32 ounces. The bigger hydro flask bottles, those are going to be about a liter. So at least three of those a day. Male athletes, four liters a day. I've found that usually that is not enough for athletes, but I think that's a good place to start, especially because most athletes are not drinking that. And I don't think like most people are drinking that and if it's too much too fast you're gonna feel sick you're gonna have to pee all the time Mm -hmm. all of that so I always recommend like going for like the three liters the four liters and that just because in general female athletes have a smaller body mass compared to male athletes right just stature different things like that so that's usually why the difference is but again everybody's so different so it's really really individualized one of the things i've noticed you're really good about recommending is fluid throughout the day so it's not like you're encouraging you drink all of that fluid all at once or right around practice time or during practice time because if that's the case like you said one you're gonna have to pee a lot but your kidneys function properly so you're going to flush that out and you're going to have essentially like very expensive pee if you're drinking like a sports drink so it's important to hydrate throughout the day i think you are probably the person i pulled this from but it's like every sip that you take of water we're counting as like an ounce or around an ounce so if you could just like every couple of I don't know, minutes. Do you have a recommendation? I don't know if you do, but you're taking a couple sips of water. So that way you were hydrating throughout the day, not like bulking our hydration around a certain time of day. Yeah, no, I think that's huge. When we talk about like three liters or four liters, it's like, when are we consuming that fluid? I mean, it's the same thing with fueling, right? Like if you're consuming most of your energy in the evening or at one time, that's going to not be as effective and you won't be as optimized as if you're consuming it, you know, equally or just throughout the day. And the same thing is with with hydration. Always don't give our body enough credit at how good it is at trying to establish balance and homeostasis. So if we're going long periods of time without drinking water and then we are chugging water, it can be very overwhelming for our body and we're not going to necessarily retain that water and utilize it. We're just going to like like you said, like expensive pee, we're going to pee it out. The other thing I think about too, is when we're drinking just plain water, maybe it doesn't have the components of like electrolytes or carbohydrates with it. Then if you are drinking such a large amount of water and all of a sudden you have an influx of just water into your system without sodium or some of the other things that our body needs, we can kind of get to that like dizzy when you stand up because you have so much fluid in your system, but it doesn't have the other components. For all the other dietitians or the other maybe health professionals, that's that hyponatremia. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. There we go. <laughs> I wanted to like kind of go back to a couple things that you mentioned. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about the components of a sports drink, because I think it's really interesting that when we look at marketing and we look at products on the market, sports drink, hydration mix, all of these names are not necessarily regulated. We just assume that we should be drinking these products or consuming these products. But I always like to look at like Again, the components, because I did my ranking on my website and I did it on Instagram, but it's very different for different people. If you're somebody who is 
a heavy sweater, you're prone to cramping, and you've already looked at, you know, your feeling foundation, like you're probably going to need a product that has more sodium in it, maybe more carbohydrates than somebody who's like, maybe just like myself, who running a couple miles a day at the gym, that type of thing. So different products would be like different rankings for different athletes. So it's really important to understand like the components in a sports drink and like why you need those and how much of those you need and which products are right for you. So we talked a little bit about fluid, right? Like that's the easiest thing. Um, I know that we are anti-prime drinks on this podcast, but it does have fluid, right? And when we're sweating and just generally as people, we need to be hitting a certain fluid number or a certain amount of fluid per day for general health. So yes, these products are going to be providing fluid. Mm -hmm. I mean, so is soda though, but it's just, again, like they're all fluids, if that makes sense. Yep. It's just about finding the fluid that has the best components for you individually. Yep. Like Mm -hmm. if you looked at like a pickle, right? Like a pickle has sodium and has a little bit of carbohydrates in it. Those are two components of a sports drink, but it doesn't have any fluid, right? So like, again, like there's multiple components and just understanding the components in a sports drink and then like, okay, do I need to pair it with something else or is just drinking or consuming this product? What's right for me? Mm -hmm. So we have the fluid, which is obviously probably the most important part when we're thinking about like electrolyte replenishment. And then there's the electrolytes. When I'm I don't know if you're different, but when I'm looking at a sports drink, I'm looking at sodium because sodium is going to be the electrolyte you lose the most in your sweat. The average person that's not an athlete, sodium recommendations are about 2,300 milligrams per day. Athletes' needs are much higher than that, right? There's other electrolytes that are important for like general health and like muscles and like nerve contractions and our bodies talking to each other, but you're not necessarily going to lose those in your sweat. I think the biggest thing is potassium, which I know that we've talked a lot about um, because there's a lot of potassium in prime. There's a lot of potassium in coconut water. So these products have been like, hey, we have electrolytes in them, which is great because you need about 3,200 milligrams of potassium a day. And most people aren't getting that because that's kind of hard to do. And also potassium's in a lot of like whole foods, fruits and veggies, and we're not getting those, at least as a general population, enough of those like on a daily basis. Having a product that can provide potassium to just meet that general requirement could be beneficial is that beneficial for an athlete who is sweating? Like maybe, but like not for because you're sweating out the potassium, if that makes Just sense. general needs. Exactly. Yeah. So if you have a good, you know, fueling foundation, if you have, you know, those fruits and vegetables, you're getting enough potassium in consuming that as your sports drink, like, I don't know, or like paying five, if you could pay $5 for a sports drink product and one's like rich with potassium with no sodium, but one has you know, versus a product that is rich in sodium, low potassium, like what are you going for? It depends on what you need. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say that so many times, but yeah, like if you, if you already eat a diet that's very rich in potassium, say you add like, you know, you're, you have a ton of like tomatoes and bananas and avocado potatoes. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much everything a dialysis patient can't eat. Um, if you have a lot of that in your diet, 
then and you are in search of a sports drink like potassium is not number one on the list for you it would be potentially more on along the lines of like fluid and sodium to replenish that if you are someone like you said is a little bit of a heavier sweater and we want to replace that but is lost yeah exactly and again like this is why it's so individualized because like if you're not getting enough potassium yes you could have you know issues with homeostasis and your body communicating properly and different things like that but it's not because you're sweating out potassium so that you need to replenish it Mm -hmm. yeah um and then there's carbohydrates which aka sugar sugar and carbohydrates are the same thing i think this is probably the maybe this and sodium i don't know but i feel like this is the most controversial part of a sports drink the amount of products are like zero sugar and like okay well that's great but like we actually kind of maybe want that in a sports drink the sugar or the carbohydrate in a sports drink is going to help replenish glycogen. So that's that stored, you know, energy in your muscles that you burn at high intensity work. And then it's also going to help you absorb the sodium. And like you mentioned earlier, it's going to help you hold on to the sodium and hold on to the fluid um, more efficiently. Controversial because people tend to look at that and say, you know, we wouldn't want something that's super sugary during a workout. Do you feel like that's a lot of times where you see that coming from? Or do you feel like it's just because in general, we're trying to stay away from like sugary beverages, whether you've been told that by your dentist or, you know, whomever, like, where do you think that like root is? Yeah. So I think it's actually kind of interesting because again, like This is just my professional opinion, but everybody's going to be, again, it depends, but if you need 300 plus milligrams of sodium, like if you need a sports drink because you don't have, like you're sweating so much that you're losing that sodium and you need it to be replenished, you are probably at the point where you also would benefit from carbohydrate supplementation as well. People are like, well, I only work out for an hour. Like, do I need the carbohydrate? Well, it's like, well, then also do you need the sodium um, with that as well? Because if you think about like, you could just add in a salty snack. Mm -hmm. It kind of just goes down to like the prioritization of things. Because if you're like, oh my gosh, I'm really struggling maybe to eat. Like I'm one of those people, I think I've talked about it multiple times. Like I really struggle to eat when it's hot out, right? Like right now, all I want to do is eat popsicles um, because it's so hot out. I might not be able to get enough sodium throughout the day, but I also might not be able to get enough fueling in and enough carbohydrate in. So I would benefit from Mm -hmm. that sugar as well. Makes total sense. Do you have recommendations that you kind of follow for someone who maybe is either a retired athlete or just someone who's active in general, how long you're exercising or is it more again, just kind of general recommendations for like, it depends. I think it depends. I mean, usually if you're training for about an hour, like something that has like 15 grams of carbohydrates in it or less. So like a liquid IV or a noon, noon doesn't really have any um, carbohydrate in it, Mm -hmm. but we'll also talk about, we can go back to that in a second because there's another It just depends. Like this stuff is so complicated. I usually say like 15 grams of carbohydrates for like maybe an hour session. Mm -hmm. I also, right, like if you're somebody who doesn't want to consume a ton of sugar in a sports drink, you could, you know, have something that's higher in sodium and you could eat a snack during training. I know a lot of athletes who do that because then we're preparing for, you know, our fueling during a game or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it really depends because yes, we we want that carbohydrate, but then sometimes athletes struggle with consuming carbohydrate and absorbing carbohydrate 
during training. And I've had athletes that need the sodium and they need the carbohydrate replenishment, but they can't stomach because they can't like absorb it properly. They get bloating. They could get, you know, like runner's gut, diarrhea, things like that with a carbohydrate. So that's when maybe a product without a carbohydrate is beneficial. Okay. It's all <laughs> very individual. All yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, do you have anyone that choose new tablets? Or have you I do. <laughs> okay. So, so it's because those are for athletes. So something like the right stuff or something like a noon tablet can be helpful for athletes who are like in the endurance space and they have to carry their fuel with them. Mm-hmm. So they can't carry, you know, they maybe can carry one water bottle. So it's they're chewing their electrolytes or they're shooting their electrolytes because they want to carry water in their bottle. It's usually those athletes that, like, again, you have to carry your fuel. And like yep. the noon tablets are actually very light. The first time I had a noon tablet, which this again is being nostalgic, was when we were in California during our brief few days off during the internship. And we did the Thousand Island Steps in Laguna Beach. And that was the first time I've ever had it. We probably needed it then. Yeah. Outside. It was so hot. I remember it was so warm outside and we worked out. You worked. You had a, an intense exercise regimen for those up and down the steps so many times and I was like struggling to keep up <laughs> but I did it I love a stair workout I don't know why like I love the stairs mm-hmm. yeah do you have a preference to do them like outside versus like an indoor stairmaster type of thing I think I'll always choose to work out outside mm-hmm. always I mean you live in a you live in an area that still allows for that most of the year that's the good part I think that's like, I think that has to be like a need on my list. Like when I move to places and like, I think I have to be able to work out outside at least like six months of the year. Right now I'm seeing a lot of people maybe at the gym or heavy advertising around like sports drinks or things that are labeled as sports drinks that are like heavily caffeinated beverages. What are your thoughts on like caffeine? I actually really like caffeine to be completely honest with you. I Mm. know I do a lot of like booing on energy drinks and things like that but I think it just always goes back to like the why like you're feeling foundation your timing on and like individualization so it depends um I'm not into you drinking caffeine so you don't have to eat breakfast I think that is a big misconception or the athletes who are like I can't eat before my training so I just drink an energy drink and there's like more that we need to dive into even the research supports like caffeine, they'll do it. They've done so many studies where they looked at somebody who's fasted and uses caffeine and there has shown to be benefits. But if you eat breakfast and then consume caffeine, you just perform so much better. Mm-hmm. I do like caffeine, but I sometimes do think it is used as a Band-Aid. Like I gave the example where athletes, instead of eating breakfast or eating lunch, I remember when I was at UCLA, one of the one of the track athletes was like asked me about caffeine and I was like I love caffeine like I think it's great like what about you and she's like yes it's helped me so much in training and I was like okay that's awesome like but like what are you doing in your other meals and she's like oh but I I drink this because I don't have time to eat breakfast and lunch mm. and like okay well like let's <laughs> rewind on this real quick because now we're using it as a band-aid when there's other things that are going on that we need to maybe dive into that could elevate your performance even more. So again, it's kind of going back and looking at what are we doing 
or why is there a need for caffeine? And if it's supplemental to our fueling foundation that we kind of already have, then great. But if we're using it in replace of fueling with maybe something more substantial, then we need to kind of take a look at why and how we might best adjust that to be sure that we are using it, like you said, like as a supplement. Is there a recommendation for amount of caffeine, especially for like collegiate athletes or anything like that? And knowing that there's a lot of rules and regulations around like, you know, performance enhancing things because caffeine does show, obviously, like you said, shows performance enhancement. Is there a recommendation? I think it depends on what level athlete you are, because if you look at the Olympic and professional levels, um, besides maybe um, at least at the Olympic level, besides maybe some of like the shooting sports, it is something that you can utilize to help with performance. At the NCAA level, they do actually test and drug test for caffeine, and you can pop positive if you're if the caffeine um, amount in your urine is at a certain level, and that's usually if you're consuming like, a large amount of caffeine. But for student athletes, consuming like three Celsius a day is actually more common than you think it would be. And those type of athletes can test positive on a drug test. Um, But when we look at like performance benefits, usually three to five milligrams per kilogram of body weight. Okay, that's usually shown to be effective. And with caffeine, I recommend like starting low and like building yourself up and then also because it is a banned substance in the ncaa like making sure that you're timing it correctly if you want to utilize it because you can't utilize it at the same like amount if that makes sense you don't have a preference as to it's kind of like dependent again upon the person as far as if they'd rather do something that's advertised as a caffeinated sports drink versus like coffee it's just kind of making sure that it's why are we using this and then also like how is it supporting that athletic performance Yeah. I also do like, I always recommend like caffeine from maybe like a natural source, but again, I think it really depends on the athlete. Um, Mm -hmm. I usually recommend like the canned coffee, the canned espresso is so popular right now and it's so easy to access. So like, okay, like one of those cans is probably about 200 milligrams of caffeine. And if you are a 60 kilo athlete, then three to five milligrams of caffeine per kilogram, like that falls into that range. And that's going to be a safer product because it has a nutrition facts label instead of a supplement facts label. So it's there's different testing and guidelines and things like that. And then also, I think a lot of the time with supplements, it's not like the caffeine, but it could be like the amount of caffeine and the other ingredients like in an energy drink or a sports drink or something like that. Okay, gotcha. So if we're to like look at sports drinks like recommendations not talking about the caffeinated ones or anything like that the ones that you know we think of as like an a sports drink so Gatorades Powerades and stuff like that what are your like what are your top three that you like to or like what would you give grade wise I really like liquid IV and I think liquid IV is a great product and then drip drop is very comparable to that so it's almost the same like nutrition on those products so I think those are I would say that's maybe one product that I like scratch is a great product also like scratch labs they have the carbohydrate and the sodium 
Um, I'm going to give you four actually. Sorry. No, that's it just depends. Yeah, give me your, <laughs> no, give me your final, give me your final four. I just think it's, they all have different purposes, which yeah. is also a very interesting thing that they're all marketed as sports drinks and hydration mm-hmm. products, but they all have different focuses. If you had to buy one sports drink product, if you're like a team sport athlete, if you want something just to like, make sure that you're hydrated for games practice, like on a, on a basic, basic level, I would say like a liquid IV or a drip drop. Okay. I think then for a product that's maybe higher in carbohydrate, so say you're an athlete that is doing long distance running or you're an athlete that is maybe doing a team sport like like a soccer game and it's like a 90 minute event, maybe you're not sweating too much, but you're sweating a little bit, but you're really drinking a sports drink for you know glycogen replenishment to increase your energy levels in the second half. I like Gatorade. Mm-hmm. because it's kind of OG, it's easy to find, and it also doesn't have any, I, I get this all the time on my Instagram, but everyone's like, how dare you recommend Gatorade? It has so much high fructose corn syrup in it, and Gatorade actually doesn't have any high fructose corn syrup in it. So for athletes that struggle with maybe digesting fructose or nervous about fructose, then Gatorade could be an okay option for that. So compared to some maybe other carbohydrate rich products, Gatorade could be a good option. I also like Scratch Labs, which is maybe in between a drip drop liquid IV and a Gatorade. And then I like the right stuff. If you have a cramp on the field, you can take a right stuff and it's going to release the cramp. Why is that? So glad you asked. So to get back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, where hydration begins like throughout the day it begins before your training session you know it takes time you can't just chug a bottle of water and then go into the field it's going to take about an hour for your body to absorb the electrolytes circulate them and get them to the working muscles but you have receptors in your mouth so if you squeeze the right stuff some people take pickle juice This is also why mustard works, but you have receptors, or at least the thought is you have receptors in your mouth that will send a signal to your brain that like electrolytes are coming, like it's okay. So your body will release the cramp. Does the the right stuff have more of like a higher content of sodium or anything like that than compared to some of the other things or even higher like amounts of potassium compared to some of the other ones? So a little pack of it has about 1700 milligrams of sodium. Similar to like straight like you said pickle juice or mustard yep but Mm -hmm. mustard mustard doesn't have any sodium in it but the bitter receptors are thought to be a similar mechanism so that's why people shoot mustard it's not gonna like prevent the cramp from coming back or like actually solve the root problem release it it right away yep but it's gonna help Mm -hmm. release it if that was the case so say you're someone who like is like mustard all the way this is my jam like it helps release the cramp would you then recommend that they do something afterwards to help with that not coming back and what would you recommend Yeah. So that's when you're looking at like electrolytes, right? That sodium, that carbohydrate. Okay. Maybe we're missing other electrolytes. We didn't sweat them out, but like, let's look at what we're doing from a fueling perspective, because I've also seen people who are just focused on like sodium fluids, only focused on the hydration component, but that fueling foundation is so important as well. They, they go hand in hand. Really have to create that pairing and like make sure that there's we're thinking about both sides of the street there in order to 
one, maintain hydration, but also to like prevent cramping from a standpoint of how we're fueling our body. What are sports drinks that you would recommend like staying away from? I know that we're, we're anti-prime, so prime can stay on the bottom of the list. But I know that some people like swear by like Pedialyte or something like that. Like where do those kind of other miscellaneous ones fall for you in your ranking? I actually really like Pedialyte. That's one that I forgot to mention. There's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of bad ones, but there's a lot of good ones. And it kind of goes back to like, what do you need? With Pedialyte, it's going to be higher sodium. Most of them are lower carbohydrate. So if you need a large amount of sodium, this could be a great option. I work with some weight cutting sports and part of the weight cutting lifestyle is cutting weight and doing that by, you know, Obviously, having a good feeling and foundation away from your cut, but manipulating water water weight is in a way that athletes will cut weight. This kind of goes back to like the carbohydrate piece because as dietitians, we've heard of refeeding, which if an athlete maybe is, you know, limiting their food and maybe limiting their fluid to make a certain weight and then they make the weight and now it's time to refuel, we have to start very slowly so we could have a Pedialyte because it's rich in sodium and it does have a little bit of carbohydrate in it, but it's not too much to overload the gut or cause any you know, dangerous side effects. So Pedialyte could be a good option in this scenario. It just really depends. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy because when you start talking about these things in terms of of athletes, I always think about when I was working in pediatric intensive care and we used Pedialyte to help replenish electrolytes or reef like hydrate like infants that were going through like severe diarrhea and stuff like that, who then were like having seizures because like other electrolytes were off. Like Pedialyte is what we used. Yep. So yeah, yep. they're called like, I'm sure you probably, I don't know if you use this term in the hospital, but like the oral rehydration solution. Mm -hmm. Um, so it has the right amount of carbohydrates, the right amount of electrolytes to kind of help reverse that mm -hmm. like diarrhea. Yeah. Um, drip Taste. drop is similar. Drip drop has okay. like the ORS, um, okay. naming branding or whatever on the product. Do you have one that you specifically like, like taste wise or anything like that? Like one that you gravitate towards. So I really like the Pedialyte powder actually. They Ooh, have a, okay. they have a powder and I got like onto it. Um, I got some samples and I was like, they just, they did exactly what they were trying to do. Like I'm hooked. Um, I like those. I like liquid IV. I mean, I like sweet things. And again, like it's really hard for me to eat, um, when it's hot out. So I like a sweet beverage. Also a lot of the time we haven't talked about this, but sugar is in those products also stimulate thirst. So for athletes who struggle maybe with getting enough water in, or sometimes we're taught to, you know, drink to our thirst, which yes, is a great guideline, but sometimes that's not enough. So having some beverage to kind of help increase that thirst signal um, can also help. I think that's so important. I saw a video the other day and it was a urologist talking about how like, we don't necessarily need to put a certain amount that we're aiming for for our fluid intake but we just need to drink to thirst and like monitor the color of our urine which like sure that works in some cases but like in a lot of times it's not enough and I think that's a really important thing to think about especially if you are somebody who's making sure they're like hydrating well for a performance or just like health reason well the problem is though is people don't realize that your body gets you like will adjust to the amount that you're drinking so like it will produce like you know like your urine will be a certain way like i feel sick if i don't drink 
a lot of water. Like I don't feel right. When I was younger and I was chronically dehydrated, I've talked about this before, I grew up in Colorado and I just would, I would not drink liquid. Like I felt fine. But now if I was to do that, then you know when SpongeBob shrivels up, that would be me. So today we chatted a lot about different types of sports drinks or energy drinks and which ones are maybe recommended for different scenarios. If you have a question about a specific sports drink that you're utilizing and if it's right for you, feel free to drop it in the comments or send us a DM on Instagram. You can DM Riley directly or through the podcast, which is the Eat More Carbs podcast. And we'll be sure to answer that on a next Q&A session. And as always, make sure to eat more carbs and happy feeling.